You ready? Yes. John, where in the world are you? I am inside a shipping container at the Orange Grove in Athens. A repurp- I will say it's a repurposed shipping container. It's very architecturally uh, nicely done. And, and you may notice that the, the quality of my voice is better because unlike my, my bedroom, uh, uh, oh no, I'm sorry, my, my secret recording studio in San Francisco, uh, this, this room has Sonex foam on the side of it. So it may, it may sound better. So you mean you're not sat in the cupboard this time? No, well, Oh, it no. could be considered a very <laughs> a different type cupboard, of yes. It's a big cupboard. It, well, it is. It's literally half of a shipping container. So it's fine. Okay, well, let, let's get to where you are in a minute, because you've, you've done a, a European trip, so we didn't record last week because you were far too busy having a good time with all your new chums. Uh, so uh, I just didn't, I just wasn't, you know, able to fit into your busy schedule. Um, so, you know, Tell us about what you've done so far, and then we'll catch up with where you're at. Okay, so basically, I arrived in Amsterdam on uh, Wednesday uh, last week, just in time for the the weekly meeting and drinking, which has been taking place in Amsterdam. Uh, it's an Amsterdam at activity in Amsterdam for since Amsterdam has existed. That was the first recurring activity, and it, it was great. I got to catch up with a bunch of people, um, and uh, it's nice to see that the community is still going super strong. Um, and I was there because uh, that was the, my landing place. So I, I, I will have been in Europe for a month this summer, um, working for, for about half the time and then being ending up with a, a vacation in, uh, uh, in, in a Greek island called Sifnos. Um, so uh, Amsterdam was my first stop. And uh, the, meet, the, the meeting and drinking was great. And then on Saturday, I attended what was called Peered Lab, which has been around for a long time. And it's basically, it's bring your laptop, laptop to a coffee shop and uh, either give help or get help. And, and in this case, I got help um, uh, from, from two folks, uh, Samuel and Eric, um, who have been uh, Amsterdamers for some number of years. You, Eric actually presented at NS conference on privacy, you know who he is. Um, and uh, it was great. Uh, it, uh, the specific problem I was trying to solve was it was it, it was I should have made a film of it, but I was basically working on something where uh, I needed the phone to to use core locations heading uh, and, and 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 location service so I could find a, a a a target and figure out how far it is from me and point the arrow in the appropriate direction and then as I get closer update the, the data that shows where I am. And so it required uh, trigonom- trigonometry skills greater than what I have because when I was in junior high, I used to sniff glue before coming to class. So I didn't remember any of the formulas. Um, and so I got my math wrong. Um, but being able to show it to, to people who looked at it, it looks like, oh, it looks okay, it looks okay. Oh, no, wait, where's the problem? Well, I'll try this. And it was, you know, I got this great help. And it was so happy that it started working uh, that the, the target I was going to happened to be in the middle of a bridge over a canal. And I you know I was staring down at my phone, smiling at it's looking good and by the time I looked up to see I'd arrived at the point I realized that there was a tram coming I needed to get the hell out of the way so, so, so it was it was both an, an engineering success but it was also a, a, a user experience lesson to make sure that uh, we put the appropriate warnings and disclaimers yeah. that you might want to consider looking up your phone every now and then. yes findery let us help you be dead in the right place <laughs> that's right it's like findery dead race. Also, yep. oh, actually, it sounds like it was a, a very productive uh, trip to um, Amsterdam as opposed to just a jolly then. 
Yeah, no, it really was. I mean, you know, it, it, the, the infrastructure there is so well set up that you know you can just literally pop in. Because I also went uh, on Friday and went to the the co working space at A Lab. Um, so A Lab, I learned more about it. So Amsterdam Nord, it, you know, that you take a, a very quick ferry across from the central station. It's land that basically has two big, you know, a couple of big buildings on it. One is brand new. It's the Amsterdam Eye. It's a, a super modern movie theater, and it's gorgeous. And it has a nice terrace, and it was extremely extraordinarily unusually warm like balmy which is is pretty rare there's only maybe a dozen days out of the year it was there i happened to fall on and so in that case you know you go see a movie there you go sit outside and drink it's 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 delightful you have a beautiful view of the city and, and the water um, and then the other building there, A Lab, used to be a uh, the, basically the Shell headquarters. The Shell, and so there's this big tower, um, and then this big big brick building where they do experiments. And so the, the the big tower itself has been taken over, and it's uh, it's essentially going to be a, an enormous party space. It's really cool, like you know, a four or five story dance floor, you know, dance floors, and, and, and you know, all sorts of studios, all sorts of great stuff with, with a commanding view of, of, of the, the Grand, Can- you know, the big canal and the, the water. And whatnot, and then the old brick building houses a number of, of startups and a couple of incubators. And within the incubator space, you know, the, the area of the floor that the building is set up to it, the folks at Amsterdam have a, a co-working space and, and a and meeting and, and uh, class space. So I went twice to it, and again, you plug in, you bring your laptop. You know, it's it's it's, you know, we talked about this years before. We'd seen the progress. It's just it's completely self-sustaining. And it's really great. And uh, not only is it self-sustaining, but has it certainly has expanded because you know when I went to uh, Greece after NS conference this past spring, it was to to give kind of the second talk that Amsterdam Greece had 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 organized, and it was done at this place called the Orange Grove, which is where I am right now, and it's this this great space that is reconfigurable at a moment's notice to be a co-working space, to be a you know a, a space where presentations can be made, where you can have conferences, you know, uh, conference rooms and so on and so forth. It's all beautifully done in what used to be a, um, uh, you know, um, a gymnasium, right? And it's basically it's a, a joint venture um, that was created by the the Dutch embassy here and a couple of local Greek companies and some Dutch companies. And the basic idea is to provide an incubator space for for primarily Greek startups, but some that are, are joint ventures with Dutch companies, and to provide places where if you're a Dutch entrepreneur and you want to come to a place that's sunny and delightful, but still has all the good Dutch infrastructure that, that you need to run your business, it's an attractive opportunity. So um, I came to, to give a talk, which I gave uh, yesterday, and um, it was very well received and everybody loved it. Um, and I have been spending some time uh, yesterday and today and tomorrow meeting with some of the local companies and, and giving advice and, and some, some some suggestions. And, and I have to say, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very surprised, pleasantly surprised and impressed at, at, at how well they're doing. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's really cool. So I'm guessing, I mean, Greece has been in the news a lot over the last couple of years for the fact that its economy mm-hmm. has been tanking, basically. Um, we haven't heard so much about it here in the UK recently, which suggests it's uh, probably a little bit more stable now. Um, but is it, uh, you know, how is it for startups? Because yeah, I guess the reality is for the majority of tech startups, your physical location is, is irrelevant. So, you know, do they find any, any pros or cons to being in Greece? Uh, I mean, that the economy effect, or is it just, as you say, a lovely place to work and it's beautiful climate? So, you know, why not? Because 
what goes on locally doesn't necessarily affect you? Or is it far more integrated into part of a recovery for the local economy? It's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think the, the, the reality is, is that you don't turn around an economy overnight. And I think that the structural problems that exist here in Greece are certainly not unique to Greece. It's just basically it's got it, it got a lot worse, a lot faster. But, you know, similar problems exist in, in Spain and similar underlying problems exist in Italy. And I'm willing to bet that there's probably similar some similar problems in the UK and the United States of of you know, you graduate from college and is there, is there the shiny job that you were expected or that you promised? Is there a shiny job that will, if you're in the United States, pay enough to pay off your debt? So here it's, it's you know, the, the Greeks kind of are pretty sanguine about it in that this is not the first time there's been a crisis. And, you know, this is a very old civilization. And the, the opinion of a lot of people is like, ah, there's been siege, there's been war, there's been this, that, and the other thing, this, this too shall pass. Um, and so, you know, I don't think anybody believes that that this country or the city is going to become, you know, the, the epicenter. It's going to be a new. I don't know what you. It's Silicon Valley and there's Silicon Alley and Silicon Prairie and Silicon Glen. I, I don't know what what the, the what the Silicon name for 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 Athens would be. So I, I don't think that's it's it's going to turn around. On the other hand, there are. It's mostly catering to either people that have talent and wanted to leave had they had the opportunity or even people who did leave in the past couple of years and say, maybe I can come back. So for example, it's, I've met a couple of people that, that went to school in the United States, lived in, in the United States in various places and, and in, in Holland and other places. And they never necessarily wanted to leave, but they, they felt that they had to. And so let's say they go off and they become, you know, successful software engineers or, or you know, business developer, people designers, whatever. It, they have the opportunity now to be able to come back and do their work and it's like they're working remotely from a company that's established somewhere else and if they set up something that's going here all the better there are some companies that are are kind of really trying to solve local greek problems so for example you know i i, I chatted with a company called joined cargo today which is is basically building a system that lets uh truckers who have extra space available in their trucks to offer that space to people who need things trucked right it's a it's a, it's a sharing economy type thing if you have a car in san francisco and you want to provide rides to people there's a software were called Lyft, which matches supply with demand. Same concept here, except for it's for a different problem to solve. And so this is a case where you know they can they're attempting to solve the problem here. If they do, then then their offering becomes possible. I mean, there's there's a there's a taxi hailing system whose name escapes me right now, but I've actually saw it in use um, here, and apparently it's spread to London. And their trick is that it's it's for taxi drivers. It's basically it's not trying to replace existing taxi firms. It's just software that helps existing taxi drivers find find clients and, and, and who have a smartphone, right? So it, it's the, the, the long answer to your question, it, it's a combination of things. But the fact that it does exist and is getting some, some positive press, both within Greece and, and outside, um, I think is an encouraging sign because the reality of it is, is that, you know, I think... You know, if you if you're a college graduate or you've recently graduated, the rea the new reality has been that you have to make your own way. You have to invent your own career. The the chances, you know, the the, the old I'm going to find a job and, and do it for 30 years, collect my pension and gold watch, and, and go retire, 
are gone, but they've been gone for, for in many ways for a long time for lots of people. So everybody kind of has to become their own startup of themselves in whatever it is they do. And, and if you have the training that, that comes from actually working on projects in a startup incubator like thing, it's all the better. Even if, if you end up saying, Hey, you know what? I'm going to take a cushy job at KPMG, but my experience here was valuable. Make sense? It does, but uh, when I have mute on, it doesn't make sense because you can't hear me saying, yes, it makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. you're quite uh, – lots of people go to these places, John, and they sort of um, – they say, oh, great co-working space, um, yeah, met some nice people, had some good beer. But you seem to have taken far more interest in the in the wider um, aspect of, of these things um, and, and, and what's going on around there, which is um, really useful for the rest of us because we feel educated now. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing, too, is I, I just I happened to find it interesting. Um, I, I was honored that I, I had lunch uh, with the Dutch ambassador to Greece yesterday um, and with, with two folks from Amsterdam, Greece, and, and, and uh, you know, the woman who's the director here of Orange Grove. And at first, it, it, it was very nice. It was very pleasant. It was wonderful. But, you know, I, I, actually, you know, I studied uh, international relations, in particular in development. And I, so I have kind of a strong interest in, 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 in using soft power and how nations kind of give influence and, and it was I, I, I left a findery note I'll put it in the show notes but it was an interesting contrast to be able to you know where Orange Grove is is in the area where they're all kind of all the ministries and all the, the foreign embassies are so the American embassy like all the ones everywhere is, is it's Fortress America you know you can't even get, get near there without passing through a gauntlet of, of guard stations and whatnot and so it's not really terribly open to the local society whereas here you know the, the Dutch embassy you can walk in off the street. I mean, yes, they they have guard, they have this, that, and the other thing. Same with Orange Grove. I mean, it's like you know, it, it, it is something that they are more integrated with the local thing. And 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 the, and I asked them why they did it. It says, well, part of it is just kind of diplomacy, right? And it's like part of it we could justify it by saying, hey, this is, we provide this service for our entrepreneurs anywhere. I mean, the the, the Dutch uh, consulate in San Francisco has a, has a workspace. So if you're a Dutch entrepreneur and you're coming to the valley to to pitch, or you need a space to do it as a Dutch citizen, since you know, you have that right and, and they want to help you. And here, part of it, what they see is that, that you know, part of the, 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 the fallout from the crisis was the austerity plan. So it's Germany that's basically saying, hey, you know, you, you, you racked up all this debt and now you have to pay it back and, and austerity comes along. So there is a kind of a uh, there's this tension between Greeks and, and Germans because of that. And in and, and, and talking with some other people who said that, you know, we have a very nice opinion of the Dutch because of this, because they're, they're not saying, hey, you know, you, you have to change your life. It's like, well, you know, maybe a way of, of growing out of your problem is to to, to get new company, so it was basically seen as a uh, there, there's the kind of like whatever the, the 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 diplomacy aspect of it, which I have found very interesting, and 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 it, it compares well and kind of I, I actually you know Hillary Clinton has been making the rounds of the media and she was on the Daily Show the other day and she specifically said that she thinks that you know having been Secretary of State for the past couple of years you know whatever for the four years that she was she noticed that that brand America has been quite tarnished. <laughs> For lots of different reasons, and then she was saying that look back during the Cold War, we specifically used to do things to spread positive messages about America, and we ought to do the same thing. And so, I hope that you know that this thing is looked upon, and who knows, maybe five years from now or, or five months from now, there'll be you know something that that the Americans do to to foster better relationships with young people who you know do tend do do travel to the United States and, and look to the United States and. and 
I hope it happens. So, I mean, are the Dutch just particularly forward thinking in this or are they just one of many nations doing this at the moment? I, I don't know how many others there are. I, I, I would, would, from what I can tell, sure seem to be a, a lot more forward thinking. And, and, and part of it has to do with, with you know, the fact that you know, Holland is a small country. If it weren't for the fact that there was the pumping system, that it, it would have been a swamp because it's on the water uh, and because they don't have it's not like they have you know, huge mineral wealth. They don't have oil. They have they have they, they've they grew their economy and the, on their ability for them to go out into the world and trade with people. They, they certainly had colonies, but not nearly on the scale of, of France and Britain. So as a result, they're very, very global, very well connected and very used to essentially making something from nothing. So they're, because they're very, very good at it, they kind of tend to say, it's like, hey, we did it. There's no reason why you can't. So that, that's part of it, I think. Um, and, but then the other thing, too, is, is because of the fact that they're a, a, a small but very well-respected and, and well-appreciated economy, they are able to do it in a way that maybe other countries couldn't. So it, it's, I think that there is, there is something quite unique to the Dutch that I've, I've been experiencing for, for low these past few years. Um, so I don't know. I'm, I'm sounding like a cheerleader for the Dutch, but I, I, I am very, I, I respect it in many ways. I think it's great. There is nothing wrong with cheerleading for things that you like, John. Which oh, is what good. we're going to do right now, because we're going to talk right. about briefs. <laughs> well, Yay! It's as smooth as I could make it. Yeah, this is our sponsor yeah. again this week. It's uh, it's the Briefs app from um, our friends at Martian Craft. You can find it at giveabrief.com. Uh, what Briefs does is it allows you to um, design your application on, on a Mac and put the screens together and also put the workflow together. Um, so you get uh, um, some screen mockups and a workflow and then you download that onto a device well, you can put it into the hands of your customer or a user or some test subjects and get the feel for how the app is going to actually look on the device, but more importantly, operate on the device, how the transitions are going to look, are the buttons and the workflow in the right place. And it takes away that uh, difficulty of having to take a, a bunch of two-dimensional mock-ups and um, just sort of try and guess how that's going to look when it's smaller, how that's going to look, uh, how to feel in the hand, um, and to get a whole bunch of feedback, uh, maybe even before you've even written a line of code, which means that you're going to stand more chance of developing the app right first time um, than you would have done otherwise. So uh, it's a great application. It's a, co a collaboration tool for designers and developers. So whether you're a developer who wants to just do some quick mock-ups yourself, or maybe you should uh, get your designer to get a copy so you can work that way and feel bad you should go and give it a try so giveabrief.com you can download a uh, a trial if you want to buy it, it's 199 bucks and uh, we want to thank the guys at martian crafts for uh, martian craft martian craft for uh, sponsoring the show briefs better than souvlaki and greek salad on a hot day almost <laughs> <laughs> oh, we are getting desperate. Uh, so, John, have you um, have you been managing to get any work done while you're there, other than you, the sort of uh, hanging out in these places to get people to fix your bugs for you that you couldn't do? Um, is this really uh, uh, how are you finding the whole travelling and working, or is it you've just had to say, well, for two weeks I'm going to be far less productive um, and just enjoy myself and, and get a, a wider experience and benefit than just hacking out the code? No, I, I think I've been very, very productive. Part of the reason is is that uh, 
in that specific case, I knew that there were some people that I thought could help me and I knew just the environment could solve something. I kind of looked at it like going to the, the labs at WWDC. You might struggle something with something by yourself and have a day or two where you don't solve it or you can go and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, get, a, get a solution in, in, a, in a matter of hours. So um, I, I, the reality is, is that when you do travel, it does take a couple of days for, for the jet lag to, to kick in and you spread things around. I mean, it's like normally I don't work on weekends, but, but this time I did. Why? Well, because you know, I, was, I was less productive for the couple of days when I was traveling and my plane w w was late or this, that, and the other problem that you run into until you balance it out. And so, um, no, I, I think I've been able to, to keep things up. Sometimes it gets a little bit tricky. I, I did not realize this. Somebody who's smarter than me can explain. But uh, I guess during for periods of the year, if the, the Greeks don't do daylight savings, it puts them ten hours ahead instead of a mere nine hours ahead of the United of, of San Francisco. So uh, during to, to to participate in some meetings that are taking place at two p.m. in San Francisco is a, a little bit late. Um, for me, but maybe not so since I'm still getting adjusted to the time. And uh, by the time I'm fully adjusted, then I'll fly back and, and um, hopefully have less less difficulty in readjusting. Yeah, well, at least you're over here for a month, which means you get the opportunity to really fully acclimatize and, and, and work it out. And yeah. uh, you're not sort of in for five days where you're just about getting a... Um, getting up to speed with where you're at and what time of day it is. And uh, then you have to fly home again. Yeah. Okay, so um, I haven't even looked this week. I've had my head down in so many things for um, for, do, for doing work and, and details. I've, I've, I have no idea if something's gone on in the world or not. In fact, I, to be honest, I don't even know if the world exists right now. Um, so have you been meeting with all these people? What's been the chatter amongst people, or is, is it all quiet out there? Uh, well, which world? Of kind of the political world? Yes, but, uh, the people were, were talking quite a bit about the, the Malaysian Airlines since that was a you know, takeoff from, from Amsterdam and there were many, many Dutch citizens on board. So that was much discussed. Um, I think that there's a certain sense of, of tension you know, <laughs> for, because it's not just that it's not, you know, it would be one thing if it was just a tragedy and, and the plane fell out for mechanical reasons and there were some 200, you know, among the, the, the 200 some Dutch uh, citizens citizens, there were a number of, of, of top age researchers who were going to a conference. And so, you know, the fact that they lost their lives out of from, from, from an act of war, that was, you know, the evidence points that it was certainly the training that was, I don't want to get all political, but I mean, the people are kind of saying that, that this, this tension between, the, you know, Putin and, and the rest of the world is something that I think is concerning to people. Um, but and in terms of tech world, you know, I don't know. I think there's nothing particularly new that I, I've, I'm aware of. Um, that Apple hasn't made me a new. I mean, there was the Apple earnings report that was yesterday. Um, there was the the, the the IBM things that the two are related. That saying, you know, iPad sales to consumers have topped off in mature markets. And so the question is, is, is what will come of, of Apple and the enterprise with this uh, cooperation with IBM? So it's really nice and quiet out there, which is great because actually we're yes. making an announcement tomorrow, um, which what should be have happened by the time this podcast is out, or if not, you may be getting a few hours extra notice. But uh, uh, well, it's 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 our first sort of official announcement that we're doing something. We're not actually releasing anything, but um, we have a, a project here called Silver, 
And uh, what we've basically managed to do is we've managed to implement Swift as a language upon our top of our elements compiler, um, which means if anybody wanted to, uh, once this is out, you could actually also use Swift to develop apps for Android and for Windows. Um, really? So we're taking the view that lots of people are going to be learning a new language. They might like to use it consistently across um, uh, across the you know, different platforms. We're not. It's not a cross-platform solution. It's not going on for you know um, you know write once and run everywhere or fail everywhere or test everywhere. It's a it's a case of um, you know we've implemented the language and its language features to work against the native frameworks. So if you want to write an Android app, you'll still be using um, activities and intents, and you'll be working against the uh, the Delvic API um, and .NET if you want to do Windows. But you'll you'd be able to use the same language Swift. And you'll be able to do it in our new, uh, just goes into um, its first round beta tomorrow, our new IDE that we've called Fire, which uh, allows you to use all these languages on the Mac. So in the past, everything we've done has been hosted in Visual Studio, but we've just about to release a Mac IDE for it all. So those who love to work on the Mac can work on the Mac. So it's uh, quite big stuff, all very early stage, first access type of things, but um, quite exciting for us, really. And so, wait, your new slogan is going to be, fuck C-sharp, Swift, yo. Well, that, I'm not, I'm not quite not sure that's take my the advice. full thing we'll get, but we'll add it to the list, John, of, of things to consider. <laughs> oh, <thank you. laughs> so have you played any more with Swift? Uh, no, not much. Not, not really, other than reading some more things and, and following, uh, paying attention to people who have seemed to be noticing that things are still changing. Well, that's, I think that's the point, isn't it? That uh, um, at WWDC, Apple said we um, reserve the right to, you know, change the syntax, and, and people sort of said, "Well, that means they want to make a tweak somewhere or somewhere else." Um, now, I've not been looking at that much myself because I've had my mind on uh, other things, but it, it seems like actually they're making some quite fundamental changes in places as they work out stuff, which I think is just showing that they've they let this out the door quite early in the process. Um, I guess when we come to um, iOS eight being released, I guess that's when Swift will be officially maybe locked down at 1.0 or whatever at that point. I'm not sure if they're going to tie the language to OS releases or not. Um, Because Objective-C, wasn't it, was was always tied to OS releases. It'd be interesting to see if Swift gets tied to OS releases or or whether it's going to be independent. Now, part of that was because of the Objective-C runtime that shipped with the platforms um, and Apple never updated. Well, I I guess they... um, the only way you could ever update the Objective C runtime on your platform was to update the platform. So to go from you know OS ten point seven to seven point one or whatever, um, they never said, "Oh, you can just download a new runtime and be up to date while staying on ten point six or whatever." Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if now, obviously, if you're working against um, Coco, I think that's probably going to remain the same. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whether the language itself and the um, the stuff in RVM they keep tied to the platform. I imagine they're going to. Um, it does make it, you know, a little bit hard, isn't it? Because I mean, because I have to say, one of the nice things about, um, okay, one of the nice things and one of the horrible things about .NET as a platform is it it it's separated from the version of Windows, so you can be on a version of Windows, um, you know, a couple of uh, versions old, and it should still run. I mean, it doesn't always go all the way back, which means if you really need the latest version of the .NET platform to make your app run, you can actually make it part of an install process to install it. Now, that's hor- it, that's not that pleasant, to be honest, to 
to have to do that and make people wait for it to download. But the fact that you you can uh, the uh, the abilities of the APIs are not necessarily tied to the exact version of the OS because lots of people will buy applications, but they won't update their OS. And so, some ways, if you could have this this simple way of taking a more up to date runtime or something something with you um, would be really cool. But I re- would be really surprised if we're going to see any of that. I suspect it's all going to be tied to ten point ten, ten point nine, whatever it might be. Off you go. Uh, I think so. I, I, I still I keep asking myself when will the first framework and you know well let's say let's say well, let's let's imagine this if Apple does release a a watch or some type of wearable device do you think it's possible that since new frameworks would might have been presented you know had to be prepared for it would these new frameworks be written in Swift my guess is is maybe they would. And and maybe in fact you know and this is just completely wild ass speculation but let's imagine that you know that that if if there there have been reasons why they wanted to to use Swift beyond just the we think it's modern it will make developers happy there may be some qualities about the Swift you know that that they they chose to 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 you know chose to develop because they had a type of device or a type of interaction with the device and other devices in mind for which the features of Swift made sense and and if that's the case, then you know what what framework. I mean, do, do, who knows? I mean, how do we know that, for instance, HealthKit as a framework doesn't have some Swift in it? I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I, I think so. at the moment, actually, the the feeling was coming out of WWDC that actually not many people in Apple even knew that Swift existed. Um, so That's I suspect true. that there is very little Swift code in there, and I would suspect if lots of if more people within Apple um, had been using Swift to um, to do stuff, then we wouldn't be seeing as many of the syntax changes as they are right now, because that will be screwing up their own SDKs as well. Um, good, so, good point. Yeah, it, I think I think the key for me is going to be. Um, when iOS 9 comes out next year or um, 10.11 comes out, are there going to be any Swift-only frameworks? You know, frameworks that yeah. you can only use from Swift. Um, because, you know, I haven't tried this, but apparently using Objective-C from Swift is quite easy. Whereas using Swift from Objective-C, Swift frameworks from Objective-C isn't so easy. Uh, that's that's only what yeah. I've been told. So I, I'm, I'm just making that. So um, I guess if they, based on that, if they start introducing, um, you know, maybe it will only be new libraries initially. So maybe the new libraries within um, iOS uh, nine might be Swift only, or some of them might be Swift only. I think that will be a major statement of the future. If they just say no, it's another language. Um, and, uh, then I think actually that's a little bit more worrying for me because, you know, Apple tried to drop Objective C a number of years ago and go to Java. Um, and for a long time it was, you know, Java Coco and everything was, was, well, not a long time was going to be the way forward and they were encouraging oh. it and very few people picked it up. And so you now, now, you know, who, whoever writes anything against Coco and Java, um, and, so I, I'm guessing Apple, uh, yeah, maybe a lot of people are waiting to see this sort of commitment from Apple that says, okay, they're, they're sold on this. Um, you know, especially if you've been burnt by it before, especially if you've, uh, um, been in a position that, yeah, you adopted Java as your cocoa language and then had to come back to Objective C. Um, you know, you might be holding out, whereas, uh, you're waiting for C Apple's commitment. Um, but I, I, I get the sense they're pretty committed. 
Uh, yeah, I think in a lot more. That we, I mean, you know, I think the Java for Cocoa was a bit of an abomination. It was basically they had the bridge left over from web objects, and it was just kind of a, you know, a, 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 a hedging of their bets. I don't really think that there were many, if any, people at Apple who thought that Java was a, a you know, the right way forward. But the mess, uh, but the message, the message at the time, um, and this was a little bit before my time, but the message was Java is the way forward. Now, whether internally Apple uh, has adopted that or not is a different question, but the message that was being right. given from from you know developer relations or whatever else was you know Java is the new hotness. Um, now, really? admittedly, uh, you know, Apple didn't own Java; they own Swift, so you know it's it's a different yeah, thing. Right. But garbage collection. You know, lots of people who um, adopted garbage collection now regret it, um, or have regretted it for a while and, and moved over it. And, and I think um, it's about waiting to see. And that became partly you could tell that that was part of a problem, as you know, the the number of Apple frameworks that would be becoming garbage collection compatible seemed to start drying up quite quickly. So you know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people would see. You know, are we going to see something coming out from Apple in Swift, a framework that's definitely been done in? Swift because that that's going to say to us, um, you know, yep, yeah, we're yeah, at least there's some commitment there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, John, we've eaten up our thirty minutes, and I know you have a meeting to go to. And um, are you going to be around for a show next week, or are you in the air or traveling? Are you lazing on a beach? No, no. I, now I, I will be available this time next week or some similar time next week. Um, so by all means. Y'all haven't gotten rid of me yet. Excellent. That's 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 good news, I think. Um, okay. <laughs> John, tell people where they can find you on the internet, which is probably easier than finding you where you are in the world at the moment. Yes, well, you can find me on Findery as John Fox, and you can find me on the Twitter as Jembe, that's D-J-E-M-B-E, like the West African drum. And you can find out all about my product, Memory Miner, at memoryminer.com. And my name is Scotty, and you can find me on Twitter as MacDevNet. You'll find the show notes for this show with the links to things we've been speaking about at iDeveloper.co. It's been, uh, it's been good to catch up with you, John. It's great to hear you're having a good time. Sorry I've not been able to make it over and uh, and, and catch up with you as I hoped. I just um, totally snowed under right now, uh, but one day. Anyway, that's uh, by the by. Everyone else, thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed the show, and until next time, you take care. Thank you.